Thanks for joining us today on the nateholdridge.com podcast. You know, one of our desires for our culture and for our churches is to see people who become more humble, more Christ-like, more loving with the people around them. And so today we're taking a look at one of Pastor Nate's articles entitled, Seven Ways for a Man to Become Humble. And just talking about what does that look like for a man, for a Christian, for the Christ follower. So let's get into it. I'm really glad we're talking about humility today because I feel like humility is one of those like really rare things in the world. It's like you find a diamond, like, whoa, rare. Mm. You find a man who's humble, mm. whoa, mm. come on, man, that's rare. So true. So <laughs> I'm not true. trying to put anybody down out there. I'm just saying, like, true humility, man. That it's, is, a, it's refreshing. Oh, so refreshing. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I've been hearing the word humble a lot recently. I, I follow a music production company called Humble Beast. Humble Beast. Yeah. More humble rappers, please. More, <laughs> please, what a humble request. <laughs> and hearing songs talk about humility and really specifically towards men. I think it's just such a needed thing to talk about. Pride is, uh, I don't know how you feel about it, but I feel like it's just an issue for for dudes. And uh, we just have it built into us, this desire to be prideful, to puff ourselves up, and maybe not to be so humble. Yeah. But you wrote this really cool article about seven quick ways <laughs> to become <laughs> humble. They're quick in the like phrases you use and everything. I know they're a process Absolutely. to work through. Yeah, so they'll be fun to talk about. Yeah, they will. I- I'm excited about it. You know, I just I just wanted to say, you know, that um, it's such a human thing. Yes. You know, really. I mean, it's I think for us, because we are men, it's easy for us to, you know. Identify with Identify that. it yeah. and kind of see ways in which uh, men struggle with pride. And it, and it does seem, there are, do seem, how am I trying to say this? There are, it seems, some indicators in scripture mm. that pride is predominant in the male species. Yeah. Um, and that there's a difficulty for us in coming under and in submitting. Uh, but it's also a female thing as right. well. It yeah. just a lot of times will manifest itself in different kinds of ways. Yeah. Um, but it really is. And part of the reason why, you know, I wanted to write this based on the second Kings five, um, passage about Naaman, which I'm sure yeah. you'll get into, um, is because it really is the key that, uh, must be used to unlock the door to so many of the blessings that God yeah. has for us as his people. Jesus said, in the very first word of the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are the poor in spirit. Yeah. That's a humility. That's a, a lowering of the self. That's a, a self-perspective that is um, just accurate. You know, yeah. not a, It's not a false humility, like, oh, woe is me, and I'm nothing, and I can't, you know, I have no value or anything like that. It's not, it's not that. God says that we're valuable in his sight, so that's not what we're talking about. Mm. Uh, so it's not something false or fake, but it's real. It's just, man, my in my spirit, I have a poverty of spirit. Like in comparison with God, like yeah. who am I? I need to lower myself in his sight. And that, you know, I think there's a reason Jesus mentioned that first because it unlocks so much. You know, like he said about the, you know, child, you know, yeah. in, his, in the midst of all the disciples. I you know, that. you've got to become mm-hmm. like a little child to inherit the kingdom of heaven. 
And so, you know, what's a child like? A child is just dependent and humble. There's no uh, pride there. There's an expectation that I can't really do this myself. I, I have a need, and that need can only be uh, satisfied outside of myself. I've mm-hmm. got to turn to someone else, my parents, to take care of me. And for a man to lower himself to say, I need God to take care of me. I need God to yeah. cleanse me. I need God to work in my life. I need God to do these things. I can't do them myself, mm-hmm. nor do I deserve for God to do these things in my life. It will all be his grace. I think that's part of what humility oh, yeah. looks like. And of course, that's what Naaman was struggling with mm-hmm. there in Second Kings 5. Yeah, oh, that's so good. And you referenced Naaman a little bit. Could you kind of talk us through that story a little bit? It's so interesting because it seems like it's a story about Naaman's pride a lot, but you connect it to um, this process of becoming humble. Can yeah. you just kind of let us into that? Yeah, so it's a, it's a story that comes from, just as a reminder if, if you don't know the story, but it comes from Second Kings 5, mm-hmm. and it comes from the midst of the recounting of the ministry of Elisha, right. the prophet who came after Elijah. And uh, Naaman was a general in the Syrian army, so they were enemies, natural enemies mm-hmm. of the people of Israel. And at some point, he'd acquired uh, a, an Israelite girl to be his servant in his household. Uh, and so even though Naaman was victorious and had won great battles for his mm-hmm. master, his king, the king of Syria, the Bible says that he was unclean. He had leprosy. So the little Israelite slave girl, it's a really beautiful picture actually of just kindness and grace because mm-hmm. she tells yeah. Naaman's wife, there's a prophet in Israel who could heal him. So she doesn't seem to carry bitterness and anger in yeah. her heart. She's just really kind. So Naaman gets wind of this and he goes to his king and his king goes to the Israelite king and the Israelite king, you know, freaks out basically and goes, who am I? Like, I can't heal this guy. I'm not God. And Elisha hears about that and says, you need to send him to me because you need to know that there's a God in Israel. So kind of a big point of the story really is that, you know, that that northern Israel needed to be refreshed in the reality that God, Mm. not their false gods, is alive. So then Naaman goes and he's got all these like clothes that he's going to give to Elisha, all this money that he's going to pay. Elisha. And when he comes to Elisha's house, Elisha sends his servant outside. Elisha mm-hmm. doesn't even come to greet him. And the servant tells Naaman to go dip in the Jordan River seven times. And Naaman is furious. Yeah. Yeah. Because he says, I expected that he would come out. Mm. Yeah. And see me and maybe wave his hand. And say something powerful and that I would be healed. We have rivers back in Syria that I could have bathed in that are cleaner and better than this dirty Jordan River. Mm. And so he decided to leave. Yeah. And as he was leaving, one of his servants said, hey, didn't the servant, didn't the guy say, and you will be clean? Mm. Like, yeah. think about the the end result. <laughs> yeah, like, totally. I know you don't want to go in the Jordan River, and I know you wish that he came out and waved his hand, but don't you want that result? Yeah. And that's the thing that so often I think men forget, that we, mm. we often forget. We fixate on the process. Like, man, I don't want to lower myself to that process, but 
don't you want to be clean? Yeah. Don't you want the power of God to be unleashed upon your life? Don't you want that transformation? And so Naaman, he's like, oh, that's true. So then he went to the Jordan, mm. dipped himself, and then the beautiful description is that his flesh became like the flesh of a little child. You know, <laughs> It was just brand new skin. Yeah. He was made clean from uh, wow. his leprosy. So I was... I actually this teaching I've never I never I have never taught this uh, okay. little passage that, yeah. um, in, in the sense of in in the way that I wrote it in the article I've taught it before but just not these seven points hmm. but I'd prepared this to teach at a men's conference and uh, the Lord ended up steering me in a different direction at that conference uh, once I got there so I didn't actually teach it but I just really felt like when I when I got that message Mm. it was one of those messages i don't know if you've experienced this before but where it really feels like you've received it not that you worked Mm. and studied and thought about it but that you you just received it and that's how i felt about this one was just that when i saw naaman dipping in the water those seven times i just thought about and i felt like the just the spirit was just kind of giving me some thoughts about seven ways that a man can dip mm. himself or lower himself because it's like each one of those times that Naaman did this thing that was kind of you know he didn't want to do it but he just knew like the end result is going to be really good I'm going to humble myself yeah and I'm gonna dip one more time dip one mm. more time and as he as he did that then this beautiful thing happened I just thought oh, I know there's probably 99 you know <laughs> different things yeah. that a man can do but what are seven things? And so that's that's how oh, that's I you know, kind of decided to write that it, it, from that angle. Yeah, that's good. Man, all seven are really helpful. Today I was kind of hoping to talk to you, Nate, about really three of those things okay. in particular, if you're down for that. I'm, I'm sure we'll touch on yeah, different yeah. ones, but kind of just like springboarding off of that, um, that story, I was curious about, I think it was the second thing you wrote in the article, is about repentance. I feel like this is one of those words that um, we kind of throw out sometimes, and I feel like it's just kind of misunderstood a little bit, but you talk about repentance and leading to a humble spirit. So I was wondering if you might be able just to kind of give us like a working definition of what does repentance mean, and how does that work into a man uh, becoming humble? Yeah, well, repentance, I I think, one of the first things to know is what it's not. It's not a bad word. It's mm. not a horrible thing. It's not a word or an act that is filled with failure. Mm. And I think a lot of times that's how we think about it. We think of it as this really negative thing. We almost, I think, think of it as something that if I were to do it, then that means that God is really upset with me. Yeah, and that's true. And it's going to be really hard for us mm. to get right because I have to actually go to this repentance mode. But actually, if you think about it, it's a grace word. Yes. It's a mercy mm-hmm. word, because just the mere existence of repentance, the mm-hmm. possibility of repentance, and that God asks for repentance when we're in sin, the mere existence of that in the Bible indicates that there's an opportunity yeah. for grace and forgiveness to come in. Mm-hmm. If there were no grace and there were no forgiveness and there were no possibility of mercy, God would never ask for repentance. That's it would true. just be, yeah. you've failed, so you're judged. Yeah. But So repentance, we have to remember, this is a beautiful Amen. word. It's an opportunity. You know, many people have talked about repentance as 
uh, a repointing, you know, or a uh, declaring a fresh direction. You know, this is this is where I've been. This is what I've what I've been, and I confess that to God. But I'm doing more than confessing it to God. I'm returning and repositioning mm-hmm. my life, and that's part of the reason why repentance might include telling not just God but also telling uh, other human beings yeah. so that you can begin the process with them and with God mm-hmm. of executing this new path that you're declaring that uh, you desire. But I think the way I was writing about it in the article was just being willing to uh, you know, do the things that are wrapped up in repentance, yeah, totally. uh, apologizing, <laughs> uh, recognizing and saying that you're wrong when you're wrong. Yes. Um, Asking for forgiveness from God, but also from people, not being that mm. obtuse guy who says, well, David said that my sin is against God alone, and so I don't need to actually ask yeah. anybody else uh-huh. for forgiveness. Don't be that person. Mm-hmm. Um, making things right when you've done something wrong and going through that humbling process there's just it's it's so counterintuitive to do all that. Oh yeah, totally. You know, we're we have the nature that we receive from Adam and Adam, you know, and Eve, they covered themselves, they put mm-hmm. the fig leaves on, they wanted to act natural like nothing had gone wrong. Instead of doing the counterintuitive thing of saying, "Man, I'm going to repent and it's going to hurt and it's going to be <laughs> yeah. hard, but it actually is going to lead to a cleanness coming in into yeah. my life. Mm. Kind of with that a little bit, I'd love just to sit on that for a second. Sure. With with um, with repentance, I know for me personally, when I first became a Christian, I had a hard time knowing what I had to turn away from mm-hmm. and in repentance. I thought that was like a lot about saying sorry and just being like, yeah, please forgive me. I won't do it again. But I love how you talked about it being a redirection. So maybe for a man who wants to live a humble life, but maybe is a brand new Christian, how would you encourage that person in their repentance? Like, how do they know what to repent from? Is that something that the Holy Spirit just reveals to you? Is that something that you need somebody to speak into your life about? Does that make sense? Yeah, well, you're just describing, you're, you want to ask the Holy Spirit, to search you and mm-hmm. to know you. You yeah. know, that psalm comes to mind, search me and know me, try my mind and yeah, my heart and see if there be any wicked way in me. But when you do that, what that doesn't mean is that you sit on the beach and you just say only, you know, hey, if there's anything, then just show me. Hmm. And then that's it. Yeah. I mean, that can be a way that the Holy Spirit will give you some illumination and maybe... You know, maybe a harsh word comes into your mind that you you had said, like, oh, man, I, yes. I talked to somebody mm-hmm. like that. Or a fear and decisions that you made that were based on that fear, you know, comes into your mind. And you mm-hmm. realize, oh, that wasn't right. You know, it could be that the Holy Spirit just right there, you know, gives you that kind of illumination. But a lot of times mm-hmm. that kind of time is built on other times. And what I mean is, you know, as you're going through the Word of God, you, it's like a mirror that's revealing to you who you, who you are. Mm-hmm. As you're looking so into true. the perfect, you know, law of liberty and love and God's Word, as you're looking into that, you're, you're, you, there's a contrast. 
you know, yeah. that you're hopefully you're seeing. And maybe not even in that moment, you might not realize it, but as you're listening to Bible teaching, as you're reading the Bible yourself, as you're studying God's Word and interacting with it face to face, then when you're sitting on the beach and asking the Spirit, you know, search mm-hmm. me and know me, there's a little more ammunition and material for the Holy Spirit to be able to use in your mind mm-hmm. where you, you might realize like, oh, I hadn't even really thought about coarse jesting being a thing. I don't know why that came into yeah. my mind, but you know, <laughs> but yeah, maybe totally. you wrestled with Ephesians and you read about that and you thought, well, you know, I've been I've been given myself to that. Or maybe, mm-hmm. you know, as you poured through the Proverbs, you know, and, and the you you know, came across one of the thousand proverbs about laziness or something, yeah. and you're sitting uh-huh. there on the beach just going, you know, I've been giving myself over in an inordinate amount of my life to, you know, some kind of act of leisure, you know, that is maybe good in moderation, but it's just too much. And I need to repent of that right now. Um, You know, so I think these are, those are some of the ways. And then certainly, you know, having some people in your life, if not just one solid person who Mm. gets to really kind of be a mentor, older, wiser kind of figure in your life who uh, you really open yourself up to and they're really able to be honest with you without you you know, running away and finding a new church or something. <laughs> yeah. uh, if you're able to do that, yeah. then definitely there's going to be some room for their for uh, the Holy Spirit to point some things out that help you see like, oh, that's mm. here's an area I need to have some repointing. And then I think also just being around other solid Christians. Yeah. Because you just kind of watch, you know how we are, you know, we just watch like, oh, you know, I don't I don't do that. Mm-hmm. And uh and and sometimes it's not always in a like, oh, I'm glad I don't do that. And sometimes <laughs> it's in a sense where you realize like, man, I would like to be like that. Mm-hmm. And you know, they don't complain, <clears throat> but man, I'm complaining about everything right now. Right. Or they don't seem like they stress out as easily or, or get mm-hmm. as panicked as easily as I do. Man, I really want to grow in that area of my life, you know. And then yeah. when the stress comes, maybe you start realizing, man, my buddy John, like he's just so trusting of the Lord. I'm sure he stresses out like everybody mm-hmm. else does at certain times, but in general, man, that guy is calm, he seems to trust God. Yeah. Lord, I want to repent of this panic attack wow. that yeah. I'm having and I want to walk with you. So mm-hmm. I think those are some of the ways I yeah. think that, that some of that material comes that we, we yes. figure out how to what to repent of. Yeah, and that's a great example of humility in it of itself, right? Just being able to submit to that a little bit in our lives to God speaking to us and yeah responding to that yeah yeah completely and you mentioned a word earlier about listening to the spirit too which Mm. that was one of the things i wanted to ask you about was that that portion of the article about listening and uh in that in that part you talk about how it's just kind of innate inside of men to do things and i could totally relate to that when i was reading it i was like i would oftentimes rather do something than just talk about it and listen to somebody say why they want something done or changed. I'd rather just kind of like go for it, do it. But you're talking about listening in a way of becoming humble and almost maybe not. Uh, well, I'd like for you just to kind of talk to us about that a little bit. Is there like, what is the merit in listening towards becoming more humble? Mm-hmm. I don't want to try to say too much. I just want you to go <laughs> for it. <laughs> yeah. Well, 
I think what I was trying to say there is I was trying to think of things that are counterintuitive to us as men. So yeah, that often. was one of them for sure. And to be a listener. And what I meant mostly was because we were just talking about listening to the spirit, right. which is definitely part of listening. But I think what I was trying to emphasize was more the listening to people. Mm, you know, yeah. we want to do, we want to act, we want to move, we want to fix, we want we want to speak, you know, we want to mm. give counsel, you yeah. know, we want a podcast, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, those things come best when we are really good at listening. Yeah. Or, you know, reading or being taught or, you know, hearing people's hurts and experiences, yeah. you know. And there can be something really powerful that happens there. You know, for instance, like Christina, she has the best view of my life of anybody. You <laughs> yeah. know, she's got a, it's, true. it's beyond a front row seat. You know, mm. she's she's on the field with me. You know, I'm yeah. using sports analogies, <laughs> showing you a little bit of who I am. But, you know, so I would be a fool not to listen to her yeah, and to really... Um, try to hear how she's seeing or thinking mm. about, you know, me and what I'm going through. You know, we we sat down last night. We had a great conversation. I'm just kind of battling through some decisions mm. and, and uh, various pressures on my life and schedule. Mm. And um, as we were talking, you know, it just kind of came to this point where it's like, okay, Nate, it's it's time for you to be done with the you know talking and venting and you know just sharing your heart with her which was is important you yeah, know in a marriage right but it now you need to get to the point where you just listen you know to what <laughs> she has to say yeah because honestly you know my tendency like i think a lot of people is to you know think about it a lot and myself and then when i'm sharing about what's going on inside my own mind or experience, I'm really not even looking for counsel. I'm really not even looking for perspective. I'm just looking to like be heard, and that's it. Right. Yeah. And I, what that's an element of pride, because mm -hmm. what you're saying is, you know, I really don't. It really doesn't matter what you think about what right. I'm going to say right now, because I've figured myself out already. I've I've got it dialed. I've mm -hmm. I've mastered this situation. But I just kind of sensed like last night, you know, like I need to I need to walk away from that attitude and I just need to listen to this woman, you know, kind of talk for mm -hmm. a little while just about everything that I've said, what's her perspective on it. And it was really helpful, you know, just mm -hmm. to listen to that for a little while and to open myself up to that. And it's, I think, a form of lowering the self that yeah. can lead to some healing because you start realizing like, oh, that's... <laughs> That's what's wrong with me. Yeah. That's mm. where I need some change and transformation, and wow. and it's 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 a it's a humbling thing, you know, to do that. And then certainly when it comes to like what she might be going through, man, yeah, it is a it is a humbling act for me to lower myself mm. and to to listen, you know, or or uh, if, if I'm trying to minister to somebody, you know, it's like you, it, the tendency I think is just to open your mouth and speak and say this is what you need to do. Mm. Um, but that might not always be helpful, you know, to stop yeah. and to listen. But when it comes to our own growth and our own cl cleanness, like the yeah. Naaman thing, I think uh, what I'm trying to talk about is 
being willing to with the appropriate people especially yeah it's good listen yeah. you know you certainly can't listen to everybody i just actually before we stepped in to record this i was in a conversation with a young guy who's getting ready to go plant a church eventually and the conversation that a few of us were having was just about like hey the reality is you're going to have friends and family and people in your life who although they like you and they maybe even believe in you they don't believe in this mm, and so yeah. you, you know you're going to have to figure out how to hear but not receive that wow, and to move yeah. forward and to not listen to that so i mean there's definitely that you know balance in in life yeah, and yeah. figuring out you know what what's from the lord what isn't from the lord oh, that's good but I'm talking about the appropriate people in your life, you know, mentors, spouses, uh, solid believers, yeah. uh, friends who are godly, who have your best interest in mind. You know, these are the people especially, you mm. know, I mean, sometimes the Lord will speak to you through some random person who has watched your life from afar or something yeah, like true. that. Yeah. But for the most part, it's going to be people who are part of the the, the warp and the woof, as they say, mm. the fabric yeah. of your life. Um, it's going to be those people who really have, you know, something to offer and something to say. And that's part of the reason. I mean, we, I know we did a podcast before about friends. Right. It's part of the reason yeah. why you got to have the right people got in your it. life. Otherwise, yeah. you're going to be listening to the wrong yeah. things. Wow, that is super helpful. I was even thinking of um, just people, maybe now, well, I don't know what you think about this, but listening to people maybe at your church in your community who are hurting who are going through various like trials and stuff and being a person who can listen and empathize and present the gospel in those areas is such a good way to approach people too rather than hearing a problem and kind of distancing yourself yeah. or yeah, yeah. Like, that, that that hurts me so i don't want to engage being somebody who does listen and totally can enter it can into be that. hard to do and that's uh, uh, when you were saying that. I was just looking down and saw that line that that I had written in there. That when we listen, we are healed of incorrect perspectives. Oh yeah. You know, a lot of times, you know, it's like it's right true. now. There's all this like racial tension in right. our nation. You know, and mm -hmm. it's it's not like a right now thing. It's been around for right. forever. Yeah. But you know, there can be a tendency to just say, "Man, I don't want to hear that. I don't even want to think about it. I don't want to talk about it." Mm -hmm. But it can be surprising how healing it can be to your own life when you allow yourself to listen a little bit and you go, oh, man, there's a thing that's kind of off inside mm. me. Yeah. And this can, I can be healed right now, you know? Wow. But you might not get to that end point unless you take that dip in the river <laughs> and you're willing to, to, to do that. Now, I mean, I know people who spend their whole life, it feels like, you know, engaging in the conversation. Right. And, you know, certainly life is more than a conversation, you know, so mm. you have to, there has to be a balance, it's you good. know, there yeah. in, in your life. But that engaging and that listening is really important. Yeah, totally agree. That's really good. The third thing I wanted to talk to you about was this part of submission, which I realize whenever somebody even says the word submission, there are people who can cringe or can have a hard time hearing that word. But, Man, what a beautiful word for a man to accept and to act in, um, in their faith, in their community, within government, in their families and stuff like that. Can you kind of talk to us, Nate, about what what does that look like for a man? What are we supposed to submit to, not submit to? Yeah. 
I think this is probably the one that, I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but when you talked earlier and you said like, it's so like beautiful when you find a, a humble mm-hmm. man. You yeah. Know? I think this is probably one of those ways where it's so significant and so yeah. obvious mm-hmm. because what you have here is a person, a Christian man or woman who makes the decision to lower themselves under the institutions that God mm-hmm. has put in their lives. Yeah. You know, so a man who submits to God or submits to uh, the covenant of his marriage or yeah. submits mm-hmm. to his church leadership or submits to his employer or submits to even his employees or submits mm-hmm. uh, to the governing authorities, right. uh, submits to authority figures in his life, teachers, instructors, bosses. You know, when we do that, there's something powerful about it because it's so Christ-like, obviously. I mean, he submitted himself to the Father uh, in the garden. There's the greatest, great example of that. Yeah, and, you know, Father, mm-hmm. let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will, there was that total surrender and Mm -hmm. submission of of Christ uh, to the Father, which, you know, didn't make him less lesser than the Father. He's eternally co-equal with the Father. And so in a sense, you could say it didn't make him lesser of a man. It made him to a great man, you know, to lower himself and to submit. And obviously, he became our great hero because yeah. he submitted. Amen. And, yeah. uh, you know, so, yeah, so what does it look like? I mean, it's uh, so much of it is in the heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To where are the people in your life hearing you? Would they describe you when you're talking about the government or you're talking about the church or you're talking about God's? purposes in your life, or you're talking about your marriage, would they say, man, uh, the way that I describe this person is that they're so submissive? Or would they say, no, this is, this is a man with a rebellious spirit. Mm, You know, he might, he might outwardly even submit, like he stays married, he stays going to Mm. church, he stays and, you know, he pays his fines and tickets and, you know, votes and, you know, he, he does all that kind of stuff, but actually... In his heart, he's as rebellious as it gets. Mm. Or is there is there a sweetness there? Is there a submission there? Is there a an ability? I mean, obviously, with when it comes to God, it's mm. submission where we also understand I really should agree with everything that he <laughs> yeah, says. True. You know, and that's different with governing authorities. We might say I'll submit, and there are things that I don't agree with. Right. Um, but. Uh, I th- so I think a lot of it is the attitude, you know, that, yeah, we, that we've got, you know, the yeah. posture of our hearts. Yeah. And then obviously, you know, that attitude will flow into, into life, you know, what we actually do, you know, yeah. and, and, uh, that's where disobedience comes in and, mm-hmm. and all that. You're so, right. <clears throat> but I think be kind of beginning or thinking about the, the element of the heart is important in it. Yeah, that really is. And I feel like, like you're talking about seeing a man who is submissive and saying that man is submissive through and through you there's like no question about it when you see somebody who is submissive it's like one of those things man that you can really tell about somebody in the way that they live their life so that is cool to think about and to kind of pray about in our own lives now as we kind of wrap it up do you have any word towards uh the men listening to this just anything about being humble 
becoming more humble in their walk with God sure, yeah. in their life. Yeah, just keeping your eyes on the ultimate goal, you know, that I, I would take, just as we close it out, I'll take the posture of the servants of Naaman. Mm-hmm. You know, did not he say, you will be clean? You know, these different elements, you know, you you want freedom from greed and all that kind of stuff. Well, like, humble yourself and be generous and, and give. Like, you might resist it and you might feel yeah. like, ah, oh, I don't want to do that, you know, that, but... Did did he not say you would be clean? Like, don't you want to see the power of God released Amen. upon your life? So all these different, you know, elements, I just encourage you to, you know, keep that in your mind and heart. And I'm sure that as we're, you know, having these discussions, there's probably plenty of you that, you know, you're male or female, you're, you're walking with the Lord, mm-hmm. you, you love God, that's, you know, you have a hunger for him, that's part of the reason why you get to minute 30 of the <laughs> podcast, that's right. yeah. you know, and what I would just say to you is like, if you've been in Christ for many years, and you've just continued to grow, I just want to encourage you too. like, hey, did he not say you will be clean, you know, keep on doing those things that are those, the way we describe it as the means of God's grace. You know, they're just, it's all grace. You can't mm-hmm. earn any, any of this stuff, but it's just, they're just instruments of his grace. Naaman would not have come out of the water and said, I did it. <laughs> you know, I dipped in that river and I deserved to be made clean. Yeah. No, he'd come out of that water going, man, God is incredible. Mm-hmm. Look what he did. And yeah, you know, so what did you do, name it? Well, I mean, I had to to lower myself into the river because that's what he told me to do. But the credit and the glory and the honor will all go to God, you know, in that process. So just continue, you know, believing that and understanding that. You might have been waking up for the last 20 years, getting up and for the most part, opening up your Bible and praying and reading and, you know, setting your mind and heart upon God. And I would just encourage you, he said, you'll be clean. Keep going. Keep on reading and praying and submitting and humbling. And and as you do, you're going to see God continue to work powerfully in your life. Thanks for joining us today in this conversation. For more articles and resources from Pastor Nate, please go to nateholdridge.com and search the archives All of his articles are there. And while you're online, please share an episode of this podcast with a friend. We would love to see this podcast get into as many hands and ears as possible. And as always, tune in next week for a brand new episode from this show. But until then, God bless you guys. We'll see you soon.